Like I've watched people go from something that would knock them out for weeks to something that maybe knocks them out a day. It's not that we're not ever gonna get triggered or have those things that we go through. It's how we navigate it, regulate, and then come back from it. That's the piece. It's like, if you have that happening, you have one in your healing journey. Welcome to Amplify. We are here to help you own your truth, use your voice, and stand out as the most unapologetically aligned, abundant, and authentic version of you so that you can make a big impact in the world doing what sets your soul on fire. Because you and I, we are meant to stand the F out. I'm your host, Lauren Salon, and I'm a public relations and marketing expert, entrepreneur, speaker, former on-air entertainment host, and past professional fitness competitor and health coach. And several times per week, I'll be bringing you epic guest conversations and solo episodes along with the tools, tricks, and tips that you need in order to step into your power, own your purpose, and stand out in the world as the most vibrant version of you. Because I believe that the more you you are in the world, the more successful and fulfilled you will be. So what do you say? Are you ready? Let's get amplified because blending in is bullshit. What's up everyone and welcome back to another episode of Amplify. Today I chat with my friend Erin Nicole Porter, who is an energetics of business coach for women entrepreneurs. Through somatic attachment repair, nervous system regulation, and energy work, Erin supports her clients on the deeper emotional work that it takes to run a successful business. She's the founder of the Quantum Ripple Effect Coach Training Institute, author of Burnout to Breakthrough, and the host of the Energetics of Business podcast. In this conversation, Erin and I talk about all kinds of things from somatics to breath work to hypnotherapy to getting connected with your body, healing trauma. This is such a beautiful, insightful, and powerful conversation. I know you are going to love it. All right. What's up, everybody? So excited for this conversation with my friend, Erin. Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited that we reconnected. Me too. Yeah. So fun fact, you guys, Erin and I, we met at an event, right? Like probably in 2018 or 2019 years ago, and then kind of lost touch, just like, you know, still in like the social media connection, all of that. And then reconnected like just a couple weeks ago. And like, spoiler alert, I'm, I will likely be taking her certification program, which we're going to talk about. So yeah, so this is going to be such a cool conversation. I mean, we just jammed on (laughs) some life stuff before hitting record, but yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm really excited. So thank you so much for joining us. And first things first, some rapid fire questions. What is something you're grateful for right now? My dogs. (laughs) I've had a lot of tears over the last couple of weeks with planning a big event. So I feel like just having their support and just like the love from them. I'm grateful for them right now. Oh, what kind of dogs? I have two golden doodles. They might oh, uh, around make an appearance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine's it's like beautiful right now. I'm sure it is down in San Diego too. It's like so nice up here in LA. So my girl is in the backyard sunbathing. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Oh, a guilty pleasure. Taking like three hour bubble baths, like twice a day. <laughs> oh, 
I will live in the bathtub and like work from there. No, it's so interesting because I used to not be a bath person like at all. And my ex-husband was such a bath person. And I always used to think it was like kind of weird, but then you have to shower afterwards. (laughs) It's not for getting clean, which still not really, but I have become such a bath person in the last year. Like, and I think for the last two weeks, I've had a bath almost every single night and it's so good. So I hear you. Random fact that most people wouldn't know about you. Mm, I grew up in a farm in Northwest Ohio in a town of like 500 people. If you weren't doing what you do now, which like you've created a beautiful business that is so in alignment. So this is, you're doing the dream, right? But if you had to pick something else, right? Or what sort of job or career like has always sounded so interesting to you, whether or not you're qualified in any way for it, like just been like, oh, this is so random, but I've always thought this would be so cool. Honestly, I think I'd be a doula and I have like no experience obviously giving birth, but I just feel like that is like a past life thing. And anytime I've energetically like been somebody that's like with in a birthing process, I love it. So I think I'd be a doula. Mm, beautiful. What did you want to be when you were little? God, I wanted to be an anesthesiologist because I was like, what will make me the most money that will get me out of this town? And that was like the highest thing that I could find on Google as a child. Dude, interestingly enough, I had like a similar, like not for that same reason, but like, yeah, what'll make me the most money the fastest. And so like, there was a little stretch of time where I wanted to be a doctor, but I did 4-H growing up. So like, (laughs) which you probably know about in growing up on a farm. And we had pigs, like we raised pigs and like, you know, sold pigs at the fair and that kind of stuff in 4-H. And sometimes you have to give them shots. I couldn't give a freaking pig a shot. And I was like, I don't think I can be a doctor <laughs> based on that. No, nope. oh I love that you did that. I was just telling somebody, I'm like, yeah, we like raise the animals and we take them yeah, to the and you fair. Show at the fair. Yeah. Look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, what? I'm like, Oh, <laughs> we were like a, yeah, it was so fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Most people like what's 4-H are like, oh dear, I'm about to get real dorky <laughs> right now. <laughs> Do you have any weird talents or special skills? Mm-hmm. Whenever people ask this, I'm like, I feel like I should have something. Do I have any weird talents or special skills? Oh, I can sleep anywhere. Oh, that is a good skill. Yeah. Literally could fall asleep in my car, could sleep in an airport, just like I can fall asleep and within seconds too. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. Amazing. When's the last time that you cried? Yesterday. Had a rough day yesterday. So yeah. Good cry. (laughs) Same. Same. (laughs) Had a a lot of crying yesterday too. (laughs) When's the last time that you laughed so hard you like almost peed your pants? Honestly, I feel like this past weekend, I was helping out at a retreat and there was a lot of fun moments. Good, good. Favorite meal? Favorite meal. I love a gluten-free pizza. I have several. That sounds crazy, but it's not a lie. I have three in my refrigerator. (laughs) I'm obsessed with the Miltons. Have you had their gluten-free pizza? No. Real good. Okay, okay. Where's the next place you want to travel to? Italy. Mm. I haven't been somewhere oh, ever. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. All right. That's all of our rapid fire. Now we're going to get into the juicy, the real juicy stuff, you guys. So you, 
do so many incredible things in the world of healing. So somatics, NLP, you support people in well their healing journey, their spiritual journey, business growth, development, all that kind of stuff. And I would love it if you could give everybody a overview or a definition of what somatics is. Yeah. So how I like to look at it, just very basic and simple, it's your body. Soma is body. And Mm -hmm. so somatics is like, what's the energy or the lived experiences that are stored in your body? And then how are we processing through them? So they don't keep kind of rinse and repeating everything that's happening in your Mm -hmm. life. So more Mm -hmm. of like a bottom up approach versus like a talking about something approach. Yeah. Very cool. And so the various modalities that you dive into, there's NLP, breathwork, hypnotherapy, Reiki. So just because I want everyone listening, because this stuff can be, I know my audience gets a lot of this and they understand a lot of this stuff, but also for those who don't, if we could just like run through what each of those modalities are and why you find them really valuable, because I think that this work is so freaking important and more people need to be doing it. And so like, I definitely want to offer education to people who are like, what the fuck are they talking about? (laughs) Yeah. So I kind of group things in like subconscious and then somatic. So Mm -hmm. within all the work that like we bring through and we support people with, it's like, there's 99% is your unconscious. And then you got your 1% that is your conscious mind. So just talking about some things very much conscious or teaching Mm -hmm. based. So things like NLP work with both the conscious mind and the subconscious mind to make change. A lot of times people want to make changes in their life and, you know, they'll make a change with their habits or their behaviors. And that's like the lowest level of change because true change comes at the purpose, the identity level, which is more of your unconscious. So changing, Mm -hmm. you know, basic be, do, have, changing who you're being, the unconscious, do what you need to do, have what it is that you want. So NLP works with both of those. Hypnotherapy, speaking directly to the unconscious. So it's opening up what's called like our critical faculty and kind of releasing that conscious mind to speak directly to the subconscious. So suggestions, if you will, for positive change. EFT is like emotional freedom techniques. I think a lot of people are more familiar with that now, but it's rooted in Chinese medicine principles, kind of like acupuncture, acupressure Mm -hmm. points, and you're tapping to release energy. Yeah. EFT is like strictly tapping, right? Correct. Same thing. Like there isn't, it's nothing like, but beyond that, really. Yeah. Yep. Just tapping. That's more of a somatic modality. And then things like time techniques are going back and releasing something or gaining learnings from the past. So then you can move forward. So it's kind of like a guided meditation with a little bit of talking in there as well. And then more somatic based work is again, like coaching within the body versus just coaching about what we're thinking. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. people make changes and I see people get really stuck in looping in a lot of this type of work. Because they're constantly being like, okay, well, I'm changing my thoughts about money or I'm changing my thoughts about relationships. Why is everything happening? And your body has something that's called implicit memory. And so all of your traumas, your memories, they're stored in the body. So you can think over and over again, a new thought, but there's something deeper going on here. That body's still going to run that programming until you process it. Yeah. In that situation, right? If someone's looping that, they're like, I've changed my thoughts, like all this. I guess, how do you know that it's a looping issue because they aren't seeing the results or 
Yeah, most of the time if they're not seeing the results and honestly just watching their physiology and getting them into their body when you start talking to them about it. So even with them, like seeing what sensations that they're feeling as they share that, it's like your body has such a beautiful story that you will never know unless you go in and you start working through it. And the nice thing is too, it's like, you don't need to like remember things that have happened in the past to be able to work through it. You don't have to go relive shitty experiences that you don't want to relive. Your body's happening here and now. So it's like, we get to work with that and then move forward. Yeah. Really cool. Okay. Like what else? Okay. So those are all the, and then like Reiki as well. I know you do breath work too, but yeah, so many overlapping things that are all very beautifully intertwined and connected. And I know you do a lot with attachment styles and stuff like that. I've talked before on the podcast and I know obviously you believe this and you just mentioned it, but trauma gets trapped in the body. Can you explain that? Like what kind of physiologically is, goes on when that happens? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's going to look a little bit different for everybody. So whenever you're going through a big trauma, a little trauma, honestly, just living your life, you're going to have all these ruptures that happen. Small ruptures in relationship with your caregivers, you know, ruptures based on your different lived experiences that you have. And all of those, unless you were literally processing them as a child, which I mean, we're probably not because we, that's why we're here doing all this work now. It's kind of stored in like a little pool. And then those ways that we kind of show up in the world. So when our stomach twinges a little bit or our heart's racing or, you know, those different types of symptoms, it's like they just keep getting stored and stored and stored and they can pop up, you know, as like disease in the body. They can pop up where there's inflammation. A lot of health issues are linked to obviously the stored trauma that's unprocessed Mm -hmm. in our body. So it's like all the little pings that you're getting, whether you're aware of them or not, It's like they are creating your reality and your experience outside of you because it's just living in here. It's not like they just go away unless you do work with them. Yeah. And what's super wild about that and not to, I haven't shared this and I'm not necessarily going to share this story with the audience. Sorry, everybody. But what I was talking to you about before we went before we hit record. So just like for everyone listening in navigating a like really surprising, like interesting situation in my life right now, that acute situation event that happened a handful of days ago, that was just like really intense and really shocking and kind of crazy. And, but the week before this happened, I had two migraines, my neck went out. I rarely have migraines that close together. So like there was so much like physical activation stuff going on right before a major fucking explosion. And so I would love to hear your kind of like thoughts on that from like the somatic lens. Yeah. I mean, our bodies keep score and, you know, to share what, like a piece of what you were talking about earlier without going into it, it's like, you also had cues, Yes, you know? And so it's like the body is like, we remember that, or we remember that similarly from the past. And it's like, we get all these little things. And it's like, we know a lot of times unconsciously before then we consciously know. I mean, that's the whole point of the work is making the unconscious conscious, but our bodies are actually so smart too, because they run protection strategies. I think when we were Mm -hmm. talking, I talked about the five personality patterns book where Mm -hmm. we know how to operate in overwhelm. You know, we have so much wisdom and intelligence that lives within us. We know how to operate in overwhelm a lot of the times, even before 
we start feeling the overwhelm. So like for some people, they'll leave their body and dissociate. That's kind of their protection mechanism. Mm -hmm. Some people merge where it's kind of like, okay, you know, I'm going to kind of merge into somebody's energy or be more self-reliant. That's two parts of one pattern. Some people endure where they hunker down and hunker down and hunker down. Mm. You know, some people get more aggressive where they get kind of like bigger or seductive. There's different patterns with that. And then rigid, which is very much like doing things right in order to achieve. I gave very brief overviews, but all of them in their systems, it's like we know based on how we got safety in childhood, what we need to do safety now uh, to mm. get that safety. But we'll start running all these patterns even before the thing actually shows up because our bodies are just really fucking smart. It's so crazy. Like, and even just seeing all those patterns too, because like for with that event, like that week that things happened there was a renewed activation for me that felt positive, right? Mm -hmm. It felt positive. My brain was like, no, this is good. This is positive. You're getting clarity. But my body was like, neck is going to get thrown out. Right. And I was having trouble sleeping because my neck was so jacked up and stuff like out of nowhere. It was, there wasn't a physical thing that cued that. And then two migraines in one week, I was like, my body is sending off alarms. And then literally like, the fault, like within a week, I was like, and here's why, right? Like, I was like, whoa, it's just so fascinating how that stuff, like how your body communicates to you that way. So interesting. And so how did you get into all this work? Yeah. One other thing to kind of add to what you were sharing is also too, it's like our body loves reenacting our trauma. And so it's like, we will keep reenacting and reenacting and it feels good. It actually feels kind of worse, I guess. Because it's familiar. Yeah. Yes. If we try going to the thing that maybe is actually healthy or safe, we're going to feel a lot of discomfort and resistance as we go into that because it's like, okay, even though this is like shitty and this isn't what I want, it's what I know. And that groove Mm -hmm. is so, so deep. So I just want to add that as like a quick little caveat too, because it sometimes gets confusing because we're like, wait, but it actually doesn't feel good. But I know this. Right. Yeah. Where like healthy, right. Feels wrong sometimes. And like exactly how you were saying your body is so used to that loop that it's like, no, this is how we're supposed to do things. This is familiar and familiar is easier and familiar is safer. Right. No matter how shitty it is, like the ego subconscious, like thinks familiar is safer. And two, like in a sense, and correct me if I'm wrong, like we tend to repeat those two because we're trying to get like trying to solve the problem or trying to have a different outcome, trying to, okay, well, this painful pattern and painful trauma over and over again when I was young. So let's keep going into it, but let's try and change it this time. It's going to be different. We're going to win this one, you know, which is like such a fucking vicious cycle. Yeah. And that's kind of what the cycle that I was in that brought me into a lot of this work is I could logically explain to you every trauma, every experience. I very much understood it from a mind base. And I worked through a lot of it through talking, through coaching, through those sorts of things. But what I kept coming up against was why isn't this changing? Like, yes, I saw some change, but you know, I wasn't feeling this like fullness, this completeness with it. And breathwork was kind of the first thing that dropped me into my body because I would run very much like not feeling my emotions and just keep working and doing. And I was like, oh, I have a body. I have these emotions. And then that led me into more of attachment work and more somatic work. 
because mm-hmm. I was so focused on the information and the logical understanding of everything, which was a protection strategy of mine. Cause I thought if I just could understand it, then that means I would heal it. And unfortunately that's not the case. Like just knowing about yeah. all of your attachment stuff. Yeah. I'm smart. So I'll avoid it because I'm smart and I understand this intellectually. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it works to an extent, but then you kind of hit the point where like, "Mm, I got to go in deeper. And I think the hardest thing for me when I did start the work was it's not very logical. It doesn't make sense to sit in silence with somebody for 20 minutes and just be naming sensations and things that move through the body. Because some of this like trauma that I was working through is pre-verbal as well. So some of it doesn't even have words or I don't remember Mm. pieces but I had to kind of navigate it. So it was hard for my conscious mind and the protection strategies, the protectors that I run that were like put down the logical needing to know all of the things to actually get into the body first. Yeah. This is so interesting too. And like literally as we're talking, like spoiler alert for you and I, like as soon as we stop recording, I'm gonna be like, okay, let's book a session. (laughs) So one of the things too, like with that is, Oh my gosh. And then I just distracted myself from what I was actually going to say, because I'm so excited about that. So, well, okay, I'll find it. It'll come back to me, but Oh no, here it is, is oftentimes when I've found myself in those kinds of loops of like, logically, I get this, I can see what's happening. Like so fucking understand it. I've done crazy amount of research, like all of that. And then seeing things still happen and being like, okay, well, there's something I'm missing. There's something under the surface. I must not have found the correct limiting belief, right? Or I must not have found the correct trauma or wound to heal. And so sometimes with these sorts of things, been like feeling like I can't step into working with somebody or something like that, because I wouldn't know what the thing is Mm -hmm. to look at. Right. And so that's something that I've like had come up is like, be like, well, if someone asked me like, oh, well, where did that start? I don't know that I could give an answer, Yeah, you know? And so then I'm like, I have to figure out that first before I can have someone help me, which that's like why people like you do what you do to like help find the shit that you can't actually find. Yeah. And I love that piece of it because it's like, we don't have to consciously remember, relive or even know to be able to process through it, which is so freeing because we can kind of go on these healing, I see this a lot, like we go on these like healing, fixing, fishing expeditions of like, what's wrong with me? Or what are all these parts of me that I need to work through? But then we end up just looping in process versus actually healing and moving through what we need to move through. So how are we like, can you explain that more? Like how we're able to move through and process something if we can't exactly name it, find it, identify it? Yeah. So kind of to what I was sharing earlier with the implicit memory, it's like Mm -hmm. all of that stored in your body and true like somatic work is really less about what happened back then and more about what's happening here Mm -hmm. and now. Mm -hmm. Every time you're leaving your house, just as an example, there's a cringe that's happening in your body. There's a fear, right? Or something. It's less about, okay, well, where did that come from? You know, our conscious mind wants to be able to pinpoint it back to childhood when we were scared to leave our house or whatever, but it's really not as much about that versus, okay, well, how is it showing up in the here and now let's process through that. And that kind of almost changes like the, the timeline backwards and the timeline forward too. Okay. I love that. Even for me right now, listening to that is so liberating because when I've done 
inner child work and stuff like that. Like a lot of the times I am able to find like, oh, what's the root or what was like, let's go back and like reprocess, like heal that sort of thing. But then there's shit that I'm like, clearly based on certain results and consistent repeated things, I'm like, there's something else going on and something Mm -hmm. I'm missing, but I don't fucking know what it is. Right. And so liberating because you don't have to find what go on this, like scavenger hunt, finding what the thing is and all the like subconscious files. Totally. And a lot of relational trauma too, and in developmental work, a lot of it is pre-verbal. So your attachment stuff begins pretty young. So it's like, you might not have, like, you don't know why you were, why you feel this way, but it could be because of feeding thing with the mother or how you were either supported at nighttime or not supported. Like that's Mm -hmm. not going to make conscious logical sense when you're talking about it, but that is the experience that your body experience. So just to name, like there's a lot of pre-verbal stuff as well. So fascinating. I know. (laughs) So if you don't mind sharing, like what were some of the, your biggest recurring patterns or limiting beliefs or like things that you got to break through in diving into this work? Yeah. Specifically only if you like want to share it. Yeah. I'd say three, I'll say one in business was very much, I must like do more and be constantly go, go, going in order to be successful. No matter how much I to think my way out of that, it just, (laughs) that, that didn't work. I was like, I get it. Okay. Yeah. And you're like, I believing it and seeing other people do it, but you're like, but I don't think that's going to be it for me. I don't think I'm one of those people. Yeah. Okay. I'd say that would be one kind of like the never enough chase with money. It was great at like manifesting money, but for it to stay was like, it would always need to go somewhere and additional expense would pop up or like it would manifest like just enough of what I needed Mm -hmm. to get by. And then in relationships, I mean, every relationship I was in, minus the one that I'm in now, there was cheating. Like, and it all was cheating, a lot of narcissism, all of those things. So it's like, I kept also recreating pieces of that as well. So I'd say like, those were some big ones, a lot with boundaries as well. I feel like that's my life fucking lesson to learn here in this lifetime. But yeah, all three of those things are big. Okay. Yeah. And I would say that's probably like, do you find those are like really similar for like the clients you work with? Or do you notice big recurring patterns that the people you work with are dealing with? Yeah. A lot of stuff with money. Cause I mean, I work a lot with entrepreneurs, so there's going to be that layer that people are coming in with where they're like, I've thought a lot of the different thoughts, you know, and I've journaled on it and I've come up with everything, which again, is great, but there's usually something deeper where they're in this constant, like chasing and chasing. So that's, I'd say one piece of it in relationship stuff too, where they kind of keep finding themselves like back in the pattern again, or like back Mm -hmm. in the similar relationship. And then with business, I feel like always there's the, I must do more, you know, conditioning piece. Yeah, absolutely. So you mentioned like with relationships, struggles with narcissism and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I've shared with my audience, that's absolutely been one of my patterns as well. And I have noticed that in the coaching space, like with women in the coaching space, there seems to be a very common struggle with codependency, narcissistic abuse. Like, is that something you have noticed? Okay. Why do you think that is? And like, I have my own thoughts about it, but I would love to hear like why you think that happens so much because like, it's such a common thing for 
so many women in the coaching space, healing space, entrepreneurship space. Yeah. Outside of similar childhood trauma, I think we all get into these roles because we love helping people. Yeah. And especially in like inner work, there can be this unconscious like fixing thing that happens within that. And so then I think in relationship, we end up attracting a lot of that like fixing kind of dynamic as well. So the codependency, Mm -hmm. I think that there's that underlying layer within childhood dynamics or childhood trauma and then relational dynamics. And then I think there's a lot of like empathic people in the coaching space as well who have big hearts that have gotten taken advantage of and then either replay that in their coaching relationship dynamics with another coach or within their business. And then we just end up reenacting it. And I think too, that while this has probably been happening for a long time, there's more of education around a lot of this now and people are Mm -hmm. seeing, oh, okay, this is actually the thing. Yeah. Like we're actually able to name it and put words to it. And so when we can name it, it's, it's easier to kind of a random question. Do you think that empaths, not empathy, empaths, like identify as empaths are strongly, like highly, highly empathic. Do you think that is something we are born with something that is the result of trauma, a combination of both would love to hear your thoughts on that? Yeah. Whenever people ask me this and like a lot of that are empathic, it's because of our trauma. Yeah. And it's a gift too. I mean, it's obviously the result of us needing to either caretake, rescue people, support, either read the, uh, this is a big one. A lot of people didn't realize that like, oh, okay, well I had to read the room growing up and I had to like chameleon my way to keep myself safe. So now I do that constantly and I can read energy and it's like, yes, you can. That came from your trauma and it's a gift too. So I think there's also like lifetime stuff that comes into this, of course it's kind of all of it. It's a gift and you have to know how to manage it because then people start taking on a lot of stuff unconsciously as well, because there can be almost like energetic codependency that can happen underneath of that. So there's so many layers, but yeah. Yeah. What do you mean by that with like energetic codependency? It's like people don't even realize that they're just like naturally taking on people's stuff or feeling like pain mm. from people and then either doing something that wasn't even spoken word to make it better. It's like we don't want to be in discomfort. So a lot of times like that rescuing or like the big heartedness can kind of take over to avoid the discomfort of boundaries or tough conversations or all of that. So it's so yeah. subtle the way that it pops up sometimes too. Yeah. So mentioning boundaries again. And you said that was something that you used to struggle with a lot. How did you get better at that? Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I'm still working layers. I mean, it's always, it's a healing journey. It's a journey. I'm like, I came into this journey. I said last year, I'm like last year in 2021, I'm like, I played whack-a-mole with boundaries. It was like, I'd feel like I got one and then the next one would pop up and that's what I was doing. But it was very much that like I had a big rescue complex that I did not realize where I wanted to save the world and help everybody at the expense of myself. And I just kept I was burning out energetically. I didn't feel like I was burning out how I had burnt out in the past where I ended up in the hospital sort of thing. But I was like, I'm draining and I'm allowing people to treat me this way because of my lack of boundaries from a big hearted place. And that's again, rescuing codependency place. And so it was, it's hard. It's not easy for me to like set those boundaries because obviously I want to have an open heart. I do want to help a lot of people, but I've had to keep coming back into boundaries, not from 
I always tell people, I'm like, don't set boundaries from like the bitter bitch inside of you that's pissed. Like find your boundaries from truth and love because that's clean when you're sharing the boundary versus the whatever part that's angry at something. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. Yeah. Not from, don't set boundaries from the bitter bitch. I mean, Hey, she might help you get there and set the boundary. You know what? But yeah, shift into from a place of love. And like, I forget exactly what the like, you know, random like quotable is on this, but it's like, you know, boundaries aren't to like tell somebody you don't want them in their life, in your life. Like, yeah, sometimes they are, but it's like put in place so that you can keep people in your life so that you don't exactly burn out on them, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it can be a hard one to break for sure. So a lot of the, obviously the work that you do and what you coach people on in their own coaching businesses and everything is trauma-informed coaching. I would love for you to explain like what that is and why it's so important. Cause it's also, you know, I'm seeing more and more coaches and people talk about how it needs to be a priority for everybody. Yeah. I mean, just in like a key thing simple in the most basic way to describe it, it's honoring that everybody has a unique lived experience that impacts the way that they walk through life. So it's like, you can't do think a one size fits all approach for coaching or for a business program or whatever is going to work for everybody because everybody mm-hmm. has different layers of trauma. So it's knowing how to safely support somebody and also refer out when it's outside of your scope of practice. So trauma-informed is being like aware that trauma exists, knowing how to safely hold somebody in a session, but also knowing too that there might be something that you are not trained as a therapist to do and you might mm. refer out you know, for that. So that's how I always look at it in terms of like the trauma-informed piece. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And being, I've seen it like so many different ways on social media and stuff and some that I agree with, don't agree with all of that, but even like down to people talking about like, Oh, if someone has an objection, like you can't say anything, like you just say, okay, goodbye. Right. I think some people take things super extreme and some like not. And so it's like finding a, a balance of that and like staying grounded in love, openness, detachment, compassion, Yeah. I have this conversation a lot with people because I think people start learning about it and it actually, they then go from a trauma response where they think that they have to be very soft and nurturing and that they can't bring the fire with Mm. it. So I see a pendulum swing, same thing, you know, where people are trying to bring in more ethical marketing, which is great, but then people swing to the other side and they're like, okay, well, you know, I don't want to like trigger somebody's trauma or say something. Yeah stop selling or they go into wounded mother kind of energy with it versus like you need the healthy father and you need the healthy mother. Mm. It's trauma informed doesn't mean like I'm soft and I lose all my boundaries and I lose that like fiery piece of me. I did this. That's why I'm sharing it. Cause I like swung the pendulum the other way yeah. to like speak my truth or say something. So I love that you share that. And I witness that a lot because then there can be fear of, okay, well, if I do this, then I'm going to be doing it wrong or not enough. And then you're still moving from a trauma response in that case. Yeah. So interesting. And thank you for saying that. Yeah. Cause stuff that I've been seeing too, I'm like, yeah, a lot of this stuff seems like coddling. Right. Yeah. And a lot of time I'm like, yeah, but trust that somebody who is an adult can also make decisions. And that if you disagree or you're like, well, have you looked at it this way that you're not like sending them into some downward spiral, right? If there's a money objection and you say, well, what about that? It's not some like 
catastrophic event. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also too, what I love to just have everybody here remember is you will cause ruptures. Being trauma-informed doesn't mean that you're not going to rupture with a client or you're not going to mess up on a call. Like we're humans. The biggest piece that you have to know what to do is to bring in the repair, acknowledge and validate and honor when maybe you overstepped or something didn't land in the way that you wanted it to. It's like, that's the whole medicine that we're looking for in life is rupture and repair. But if we're not willing to take the risk to even do that, then it's actually not healthy. And it's never going to happen in the way that it needs to happen. Yeah, absolutely. What are some of the things that are challenging you right now that you're working through, whether it's business, on your healing journey? I'm always so curious, like, what's the reality, right? What's going on? Yeah, I'd say right now in business, the biggest thing is we have a live event coming up and supported at a lot of live events, spoke at a lot of live events. It's our first big one at this size. And I feel like in that new season of business again, because there's so many things that are popping up or, well, we're way over budget. So there's also like, okay, we're stretching and I'm getting to see this from a different lens of how my nervous system's holding it and navigating it, which it's still fucking hard when you're planning something that has a lot of moving pieces and people and all of that. So that's brought up a lot for me. I'd also say more on an internal level, I have been really working from the five personality patterns book, the enduring pattern, because that's also one of the modules for the school that I'm a part of that's coming up too. And with that pattern, you kind of grit and bear down and you can just take it on, take it on, take it on, take it on. And so I've really been looking at myself and asking, what am I tolerating? And like, what's no more? Like, what are the standards? What are the hard conversations? What are the boundaries? What are the things that I've been watering myself down and not speaking from like fire of what I actually want to say in fear that it's going to upset people. Mm. So that's been a big shift, even in just the last couple of months where I'm like, I see this little lingering thing, like no fucking more. I see this little lingering thing and just cleaning up these like last little threads of standards and what I'm tolerating as I'm like moving into this next season of life. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. I know. I wrote down that book. It's on my list. I'm listening to the, what is it? The tiger one that you told me about. Yeah. Waking the tiger. I'm almost done with that one. And then we'll jump to the next. Yeah. And it's so like the self-awareness and self-mastery journey is so fascinating. And I was talking to somebody yesterday about this, how like, you know, I'm not sure how you view the universe and stuff like that, but like you know, there's like simulation theory, like all these sorts of things. So I'm like, in, in a sense, yes, we are like, I believe like we are the universe, like source consciousness experiencing itself in the 3d, like here on earth. Right. And, and, and like, in a sense, like it is like a simulation in that, like, even with looking at our own patterns and stuff that we go through and these loops that we like these patterns that we experience over and over again, but you're like, Oh, but now it's going to be with this avatar, or now it's going to be with this flavor or this lens or in this dynamic, or now it's going to be in business or in a relationship, right? Like these different, almost like levels. And it's like, Oh, just like, don't repeat the same level over and over again, (laughs) like the same way, like earn different points during it or like learn something new and like advance to the, to the next one. Um, but yeah, that journey is like, so, so fascinating. And, and I wonder if, I mean, you mentioned this with boundaries, but like sometime, cause like some of my recurring 
patterns and wounds that I get to play with the most is the like self-worth conversation. And that often can then show up in the codependency narcissism dynamic. Um, And so like, you know, lack of boundaries and that kind of stuff. And there've been plenty of times where like, when I see that wound pop up again, but like in a new way, or it surprises me and I'm like, wait again, like there's this feeling often that I'm like, no, but we're done with it. Right. Like we're going to cross that one off the list, but more recently, the last couple of months, I've gone like, wait a second, this may be something I get to play with the rest of my life. And it's just going to look different. And maybe that's part of my purpose here on this planet is to play with that struggle. Right. So that of course I can like help others avoid it, whatever it is, but I'm like, oh no, this, I think we might get to ride with each other forever, but it's just going to look different. Like totally. I, I think two things that pop up is one is healing is not like a business achievement thing. It's like we're always <laughs> going and like learning a piece. And also, too, I think sometimes people think, okay, well, if I do all this work, I'm not going to attract these things. And while mm. like there is truth in that, like you might still get pinged with something from, you know, a past part, but your bounce back time. Like I've watched people go from yes. something that would knock them out for weeks to something that may- maybe knocks them out a day. It's like, you're not, it's not that we're not ever going to get triggered or have those things that we go through. It's how we navigate it, regulate, and then come back from it. That's the piece. It's like, if you have that happening, you have one in your healing journey. Yes. The bounce back thing. And that like, in, in what I was telling you about before we hit record, right? Like when I experienced the like serious narcissist, like a year ago, that the bounce back from that, and it wasn't even like, it could have been way worse that situation, but the bounce back from that, that like fucked me up for a while. Just like the realization of the whole, the whole situation, right? The bounce back from the most recent one in the last week, I'm like, I actually feel pretty good already. It's been two days. <laughs> like, all right, bye. <laughs> so yeah, so that bounce back. And and I think too, the bounce back, but then also the ability to, as you're navigating those sorts of things that would normally take you out and obliterate everything else. It's like, oh, but now I can also process and move through that. Like not avoid dealing with it by like being busy and doing shit, right? Like I take time as needed, but like, I'm also able to like carry that, hold that process, that be with it while it's happening and still all the, up and, and still step into my other stuff and not have to like, we are my entire schedule and like, like, you know, be a hermit for forever. So yeah, the bounce back and the capacity to hold the duality and the other things going on is I've noticed those shifts. I'm like, no, see, it's getting better. It's different at least. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about thinking scheduling wise. I'm like, we may like based on timing, we may scoot things around and get this episode out before the event. So tell us more about the event, Energetics of Business, February 18th and 19th. Yeah. I can't believe it's almost here for one. I know. <laughs> Nine days. I know. I'm like, oh shit, it's here. <laughs> I wanted to create something that was less, I mean, you've been to lots of events too. And Chris, who both of us have been mentored by, he always says it's like drinking from a fire hose sometimes where it's like speaker, 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 information, information. And sometimes you need those events that are just whirlwind. 
I wanted to create something that just kind of felt for me more of like integration and embodiment of the business and not just like, okay, here's more information of what you need to do and the strategy to be successful. We obviously Mm -hmm. need structure in our business, but I wanted to get people into their bodies, get them into the unconscious and also get them in a room with community and connection where they're like, okay, I'm not leaving an event. Kind of like, what is it that I need to do? It's like, I'm becoming the woman while I'm at the event and I'm figuring out the pieces that need to kind of move in the puzzle place to find alignment. So we have speakers, but it's very experiential with cacao and breath work and hypnotherapy and meditation and sound baths and all of those sorts of things that kind of come together to really work on the internal pieces of business. So then you can see like the external shifts begin to happen. Yeah. So cool. Mm -hmm. What has been with planning the event, like some of the things that have been most fun and that you've enjoyed the most, and then the things that have been like unexpected. Yeah. I'd say most fun is just seeing everybody start to come together, connect with each other. And like room together or figuring that out. I'm like, okay, cool. It's been neat to see the community that's starting to build from that. Like the ripple effect really happened. So that's Uh fun. I'm not like a decor type of person. I could give like two shits of what needs to be like in the room. And my assistant's like, Erin, you need to order this stuff from Amazon. Like the events in a couple of weeks that my just brain doesn't think like that. I'm very much more facilitator mode than I am. Let's plan all of those sorts of things. Honestly, things have been pretty smooth, minus just like little like last minute like venue things or adjustments needing to happen. And it's mm-hmm. also been a good reminder of like regulate and release and just keep fucking going. Like it will all work out, but mm-hmm. it feels like a lot of walking in faith, which felt very much very similar to like the beginning stages of my business. So I'm like, I see that there's going to be a growth happening. And I feel like I've been learning some of my hardest lessons in the last couple of weeks too. So I'm like, all right, the fucking evolution. Let's just go and find I know. I love when you're like in the thick of some stuff and you're like, oh, this is challenging me and this is stretching me. And you're like, and I know there's an up level on the other side. So like, oh, just keep going. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so close. I'm like, I can get there. (laughs) I know I'm upgrading right now, but this is the phase that doesn't feel good. Yeah. And I think that's another thing too, where in the beginning of business, I wanted so quickly to get out of discomfort. I was like, let me get like, how fast can I get to the other side of it? Like what technique can I do? That's going to move me through this the fastest. And now I'm just like, you know what? We're going to just surrender to the unfolding of the dis fucking comfort that I'm in. And we're just going to keep allowing it and allowing it and allowing it. And I mean, life hack that moves it so much faster than our ego trying to get out of something. Yes, I love that. And that it has been a lesson in the last several months, actually, for me as well. Like, hey, being uncomfortable or like being in emotional states that like aren't my favorite, like, yes, I want to shift and I'll do whatever I can to shift out of that. But yeah, there's that fine line of forcing Mm-hmm. yourself to shift out of it. But that's been one of my big lessons lately is like, be in between and be in the discomfort. It's okay. Like it's not going to kill you. Yeah. So I, I love that. And actually off of that, I think there's a belief sometimes that you can only manifest when you are like high vibe, happy, feeling amazing, like all that kind of stuff, which I don't think is true. I'd love to hear your thoughts on yeah. that. You know, when people say that, I'm like, think of some of these like big 
tech men that run these companies. I'm like, do you feel like they're vibing high and making bajillions of dollars? Like, I think it's just some story that we're painted of, okay, I have to, you know, I mean, I love drinking some champagne and being in a bubble bath, but like, we feel like we have to work through the emotions because then we can't manifest if we're feeling shitty. And it's like, just not how it works. It's like, if you're bypassing the humanness of you, then like that for me is what I feel like is actually not bringing in what it is that we want versus being with the experience. And it goes back to kind of like love as a child. If we Mm -hmm. thought that we had to be loved for doing everything right or being perfect or being the good girl, we end up recreating that in business versus like, I can be loved for the mess. I can be loved for the hard times. I can be loved for everything. That love from God, universe, source doesn't go away in those moments. So it's like still remembering that you get to be met and received. And that usually helps a lot too. Mm. Yeah. So can still manifest when you're feeling yucky, feeling shitty, all of that. How would you, if somebody came to you and asked like, okay, where do I get started on my healing journey? Like if they haven't jumped into any of this kind of stuff, but for example, maybe hear this episode and they're like, yo, I've never even heard of any of this shit, but like, it sounds like, what do I need? Like, what's the best way for someone to really just like start tipping their toes into this kind of stuff? Yeah, I think awareness is key, especially if you're hearing some of this lingo for the first time. So I always recommend because there were two books were recommended to me that changed my life, the five personality patterns, because you can see a lot of like your energetic archetypes and how they're showing up in money and business and relationship. The book Attached, if you're interested in attachment Mm -hmm. theory and how that's playing out, not only in your relationships, but money, business, all the things. And then Waking the Tigers, good for understanding kind of the somatic pieces and how that's showing up. So usually I always point people to those books because it's helpful to understand and kind of get the concept. And then from Mm -hmm. there, that usually helps us kind of open up to more of the body. Yeah. Okay. So some books. And what about if someone wanted to start with a really simple, like morning practice to get into their body, breath work, Mm -hmm. kind of a place to start? Like, what would you say? Yeah. I always say set a timer throughout the day and just check in. And it's like, what am I noticing Mm. in my body this moment? Mm. And just making that a practice of, okay, well, and you don't have to understand it. You don't have to like go through a whole process, but even just making like the connection of like, I'm going to check in and see what my body is feeling or what it's needing from me. You can even ask yourself like, okay, now that I know what I'm feeling in this moment, is there anything I need? And just meeting that need or recognizing that there's a need there it's so easy just to take those little steps throughout the day. But I think a lot of times what we do is we take it kind of in the moments of, oh shit, versus also looking at it in moments Mm. where things are really, really good too. So then we have the contrast. Yeah. Not just checking in when you feel like you're in an emergency type of situation, but checking in when like things are amazing too. Yeah. And just normal. Yeah. I was going to say resourcing is something that's super easy. So like arriving and orienting work. So even if I just kind of came into this room, like what I do is I look and I check, okay, my walls are safe. I can feel my back on the chair. Mm. And I just kind of have these things both externally and internally. So like my heart beating or the weight of gravity pulling me down. Anytime I'm transitioning from one thing to another, I let my system land in the space Mm. that I'm in because then I'm not coming from the whatever it is that I just had to do before it. And my body's actually feeling the felt sense of safety. 
So I'm looking mm. for safety cues out here and I'm looking for safety cues in here that actually let me be present and then land. Yeah. Even as you were saying that, I'm like, feel the chair. Like I'm in my beautiful home. Like, and I felt my system like calm and slow down. Hmm. Yeah. So good. Okay. Before we wrap up, share a bit about QRE, the your certification program, which I'm like so excited about. I know. It's been a beautiful cultivation of work. When I first created it, I wanted to bring all of those modalities more like a feminine, energetic, spiritual lens. Um, Because a lot of them are taught from like a masculine perspective, which is needed. But I was just like, I want to bring this through with a trauma-informed lens, a lens of inclusion, all of that. And so we created a company that then certifies people in a lot of the modalities that we were talking about. But it's very much also like community-led too. So there's a certification track and then all the support that happens outside of that. That was something that was important to me because what I think happens a lot of times in coaching certifications is you learn the information and then you're either not practicing it as you're going or you're just done with it and then spit back out into the world. And you're like, wait, how does this actually work? I had this pop up. So for me, it's important that there's ongoing education and support so people can work through that in real time, but also like go do the deep inner work for themselves. I believe you can only take your clients as deep as you're willing to take Mm -hmm. yourself. So we mirror both of those experiences and have a lot of like repair that gets to happen for our systems too. Yeah. So cool. And when's the next round start? Yeah. So we start in July, which I feel like we'll be here before we know it. So Gosh, I know. I'm like, it's already February 9th. (laughs) Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. July. Yeah. Which like, I mean, I've already told you, I'm like, all right, I'm ready. Let's do it. Amazing. Okay. So if somebody would like to work with you, what is the best way to do that? Or like current program, obviously the certification is in July, but yeah, best way to work with you if they're like, fuck yes, I need this. Yeah. Yeah. So Erin Nicole coaching is pretty much everywhere that you can find me. I usually say too, if you're another book to add to that list is my book, Burn Out to Breakthrough. I talk a lot about this type of stuff as well. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) So starting there, If you go on my Instagram bio, we're just launching a quiz for what's your attachment style with money. So it's erinnicolecoaching.com slash quiz. And that leads into like my other program that I have outside of QRE, which is safe to receive. It's all about healing your attachment trauma with money and business. And depending upon when this comes out, that starts in March. So it's a good like going inward program to just see like, okay, what's happening. And it's very experiential. So it's not as much hey, here's a bunch of information. The calls are set up where it's more like lab focus, where you're playing with everybody because that's how we truly heal. Yeah, so cool. I love it. And then Instagram, I know you said Erin Aaron Nicole coaching, right? Like all the places, everybody listening in, like, please, 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 if you found this episode valuable, like screenshot it, share it in your stories, share a takeaway, slide into Aaron's DM, say hello, say thank you, you name it, give her a follow. And one last question. So this show Amplify is all about people really living as the most aligned, authentic, abundant, just like fully expressed version of themselves in the world, whatever that looks like. So I would love it if you have like a parting word of wisdom, like a quote you like, a question, whatever it is. Just one final mic drop moment for people looking to like step more fully into themselves. Mm. 
I always love something that my mentor reminds me of a lot, which is like, what's the energy behind the action that you're taking? Mm. And is that energy from safety alignment, your truth, or is it from like fear, scarcity, or doubt or lack? And it's always like, how can you move from that place? So then you keep recreating more of that in your life. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. What is the energy behind it? Yeah. Where's it coming from? Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. This was awesome. I'm sure people are going to get a lot of supportive and good value out of this. I love talking about this kind of stuff. So thank you again for joining us. And thank you. yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and if you know of somebody else who is bold, successful, and unapologetically owning their unique magic while they make a big impact in the world, please send them my way. And it would also mean the world to me if you help me get this message out to as many listeners as possible. So if you liked what you heard, I'd be so grateful if you would please take 30 seconds to leave a five-star rating, write a quick review, and share this episode with your friends. Be sure to tag me so that I can say thank you. And until the next episode, keep showing up, keep using your voice, and keep being you. Because the world needs more of your magic. Yeah.